From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Good morning. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick Timpone. I'm glad you're here. I forgot to sleep last night, so uh, we should have fun. <laughs> I never forgot. We should have fun time with Bear Paul Londo. He's a good friend that uh, we've never met in, in the physical. I've had a sh- few soul travel experiences with him, but he's a cool guy, and uh, you're going to meet him in just a moment. Tomorrow, uh, a lady by the name of Christine, her last name is escaping me at the moment, and she has been on this show me the virus idea for a long time, but she's doing it from a different perspective than a lot of the folks that we talk to, you know, the Londos and Cowans and and Volmers. Uh, She has been reaching out and has sent out about 200 uh, freedom of information requests, asking people to, uh, can you show me this virus? Because I'd like to see it. And so you're going to meet her tomorrow and see what kind of responses she's got back in, two, I think, 212 different agencies and stuff. She's really an interesting gal. So we're going to talk to her tomorrow, and I'll probably be on tomorrow as well. So welcome. Our phone lines are down. We had a, a freeze-pocalypse a few weeks ago. It literally broke some uh, wires, and our 800-line wire was affected. So emails is all we can do this morning. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. We are live here. It is March 7, 2023. Uh, Dr. Londo has got so many degrees behind him, he just kept going to school until they kicked him out. Uh, Graduate studies in social psychology, MICP certification from Stanford Medical School, and then a naturopathic college, he studied oriental medicine, classic homeopathy, and he used to be um, he used to be a weightlifter guy, kind of like what I'm doing now. But I never looked like. I mean, he had muscles on his muscles, and he really has a good foundation in muscular skeletal medicine. And he completed a doctor of chiropractic degree uh, some time ago, uh, summa cum laude in kinesiology, which means that the person he sat next to had all the right answers when he copied them. I just made that part up. That's not true. <laughs> good morning, Mr. Lando. Dr. Lando, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. Always <laughs> wonderful to see your shining face. Uh, I always refer to it as summa cum lousy myself, but uh, <laughs> I never had much respect for the educational system that I endured. We called... Uh, the BS level, uh, of course, you can imagine what we uh, use for that term. And yes, then sir. MS was more the same. And then that uh, <laughs> PhD was piled high and deep. So uh, that's what I think of school. <laughs> but, but you kept going. I mean, did you just like the girls there? Or what was the deal? I mean, come on. You know, girls were cold and undergraduate. But then in... Um, well, I'm going to get myself in trouble now. Uh, yes, you are. You <laughs> won't go any further. But let's just say the higher you go up in education, they kind of lose that uh, sorority girl sparkle. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing some uh, resistance training, variable resistance. I don't know. Last time you were on, were we doing it then? X3 it's called. But you're, you're a real... Uh, 
you're a real muscle guy, uh, you know, because you've studied this stuff, and I want to talk to you about that. But first off this morning is, I could use your little help here, if you don't mind. So it's kind of serendipitous that you are on this morning. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling a bit dysfunctional and uh, goofy and... Um, Dysfunctional, actually, is a, is a good word for me. And actually, very humbled by the situation I've created here on One Radio Network. I guess about six months ago, we started to, um, you know, lose sales. You know, just sales kept starting to go down, you know. And our numbers, uh, listeners, remain stable. I'm crazy, but I don't scare too many people away. And um, so they've been just kind of going down, and I just kept saying, well... You know, it's going to pick up here. You know, I'm, I'm the hope, hopeless romantic that I am. You know, it's just going to pick up here. Well, I got myself into a situation where, you know, cash flow is like, it's like non-existent. And so um, yesterday, uh, we, we launched a little program to, to raise some funds from our listeners. Because they're like my friends. You go to your friends if you need some money, right? Hey, can you lend me 20 bucks or whatever? <laughs> That's what you do. And... So we start at that, and, and we'll see how that works. We need to raise a few thousand for a couple months just to figure out what's going on and maybe retool, reboot, I don't know, move to the woods or something, uh, figure out what's going on. But I, um, so here I am talking all this time, many mornings about how we create our own reality, and you and I have talked about it, and we know it's true, you know, understanding the way it is, so I'm just feeling kind of dysfunctional this morning and saying, um, I don't feel good about just asking people for help. I mean, should I be okay with that? I should be okay with that, right? I think you should be okay. You know, um, I don't know how many years ago it was, I started listening to One Radio Network long before I ever met you. And uh, just great shows. You're an old pro at it. You've been, uh, you know, just getting the best people on your platform for a long time. And for me, it's always been a place of just learning and, and you know, just turn on your internet and you get all this free stuff. And uh, in the meantime, you turn on network, whatever, you know, and you get bombarded with uh, roll up your sleever commercials and everything. <laughs> and, um, you know, stuff where they're actually trying to kill you and making ungodly amounts of money and then they have all the fancy sets and the suits and the makeup artist and everything else so right. you know no people like yourself uh need to be supported and the fact is is that people like yourself and if you you know we have our own little podcast and, i know uh you put all of us uh little guys together and we're kicking the holy you know what out of uh the legacy news as far as the numbers we're drawing in and uh, those of us, uh, people like you and I that have been around the block a few times, you know, we've watched this slowly turn uh, relative to how people are waking up, uh, becoming educated, and in the process, demanding change. And that's all because of uh, people like you that were pioneers in, in the whole movement here. So um, you can't even put a monetary value on what you mm. do. Um, if it makes you feel any better, you know, we're kind of, you know, a similar situation. We have a farm and all sorts of expensive things that we're expanding here. So, you know, we make products and I always felt, uh, you know, to finance our whole permaculture operation. And, um, 
you know, kind of minimal markup, good quality, all that kind of stuff. But I still always felt that other part of me guilty about selling stuff. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> in today's world, how the heck else do you do it? Now, I have friends, um, you know, that are professional grant uh, writers mm -hmm. and just always on the government dole, you know, getting their latest little thing to go do something really stupid in the name of a grant just to, you know, finance themselves, you know, you're actually making change in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. You deserve it. So um, I think <clears throat> folks like ourselves is just wrapping our minds around the fact that, uh, you know, the universe does provide. And at the same time, those of us that are kindred spirits should all be supporting each other. Mm. And uh, I think once you get over that little mental block, then it'll just start flowing. Yeah. So the idea that the universe does provide, which I certainly believe, and I know that spirit is always trying to make my life better. I just believe that. And it can come in many forms. You know, it could be a form, you, you know, it's your karma dharma to ask people for help and they give it to you and say, you see, the universe provided, right? So it, it comes in different packages. It's just, um, for me, it's like, I know it's just an ego thing that I just need to get over, but, you know, I, um, it's like asking your father for money or something, you know? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, Dad, can I have some money? And then again, if you don't ask, you're not going to get, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. You got to ask. Absolutely. You got to open the door. Yeah. I mean, and, um, go ahead. You, you know, the, the, the system's a little bit stacked up against us too, obviously. You know, I look at, we're still on uh, YouTube, uh, even though we get censored all the time and always working on our third strike, but we kind of try to hmm. play it safe to maintain as long as possible. But we've watched our numbers getting throttled for a couple years now. Really? And uh, we, yeah, we have ways, uh, indicators that show us that we're rapidly growing, but then the numbers, at least on YouTube, don't show it. Then meanwhile, all of our other demographics are going up, and then we can even get screenshots from time to time where we can see, you know, it's like watching the election results. You got a thousand one second and 500 the next second, you know, and how does that happen? So, <laughs> you know, we know they're playing with us too. The system is not... Um, really favorable, of course, to people that are telling the truth because it's bad for business. And old man Rockefeller said at best, competition's a sin. They got to wipe us out. Yeah. But they haven't been able to. We're growing. People are waking up. And, um, you know, people like you and I just need to keep doing what we're keep, doing. Keep doing. Where I, what I'm having a challenge with is, um, I mean, when we started, it was 15 years ago yesterday. 15 years wow. ago, yeah. And we have like 4,000 shows, you know. And th nobody was doing, nobody was on the internet doing what we were doing 15 years ago. I mean, they, they just weren't, uh, you know. And and that's probably when you found us there long ago, but now everybody, I mean, you have your own show. Everybody that I've ever interviewed has their own show now because, you know, it's, it's just fun and you can... Talk about what your passion is and, you know, why not? I mean, just, you know, everybody. I, I just saw this morning uh, Peter Bregan, who was a great, uh, you know Peter Bregan? He's a great psychiatrist and talked a lot about. I know of him. Yeah, he's just a really nice, sweet man. And I just see a thing on the internet. He's got his own show. Everybody, they just all do their own shows. 
And so I'm trying to balance all that out with, uh, you know, inflation and people are having a hard time and huge amount of competition we didn't have even five years ago with the idea that I do create everything. I mean, I've created this situation, right? So I never want to put my fortunes at the feet of others and say, well, it's the economy or, you know what I mean? Well, it's this or, well, it's that. Because I know that that's an illusion too because I did create the situation that I'm in at this moment financially. Does that make sense to you, what I'm kind of dealing with? It it makes total sense. And, you know, one thing um, Hmm. my wife and myself have observed is a lot of times, even when we uh, observe these up and down ticks, um, we've learned to trust even if we're a down cycle that, okay, it's time for us to, you know, regroup, uh, you know, do something else to get ready for the next uptick. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about people like ourselves and the growing podcast community, like you say, everybody's got their own show. It's like old Main Street America, Mm. uh, you know, where everybody would put their business down in the same spot because it would draw more crowds. And it doesn't matter if you're selling hardware or groceries, you know, just the fact that you're all getting, you know, attracting people into that one central area, everybody's business profited. So Hmm. I don't look at the whole podcast community as a competition at all. It's actually bringing more people to us. And we're still, yeah, yeah. yeah, and we're still attracting more and more normies all the day. You know, sorry if that sounds like a pejorative (laughs) term, but I don't know what else to call them. And they they are kind of coming in and waking up and everything. And, uh, you know, also within our circles uh, where everybody else is some kind of influencer or whatever you want to call it of some type, we're all supporting each other. We're all mentioning each other on each other's shows. You know, we always give you shout outs. And, you know, right now our communities, you know, uh, watching you on our platforms um, on Telegram. And so, you know, yeah, so. I'm a, a bit of a Luddite myself, but I do enjoy the technology for what it's allowing us to do right now. So I think uh, I think everything's going to just be fine. Sure. And uh, as far as, you know, the little experience at your, you know, your place on the sine wave at, at <laughs> a moment in time doesn't really mean anything in the long run. It really doesn't. Yeah, because there's always cycles and, and obstacles and and that's how Always. we that's there how we grow, right? Obstacles. <clears throat> yeah, everything is a waveform. Everything, without exception, including our businesses. So, uh, enjoy the enjoy the trough of the the wave uh, as much as you uh, enjoy the peak, because you know those are those little times too where we just eh, kind of let down a little bit and say, okay, maybe we can go take a day trip or do something else. See, magic already, Patrick. Uh, I won't mention his last name. Just sent us a hundred dollars. Isn't that amazing? See, I rest my case. <laughs> That's right. The Lord provides, and it's <laughs> it's so funny when you think about that too. When we ask for help and we pray, and it comes in many different ways, doesn't it? I mean, you, we we never know uh, how it's uh, how it's going to work. Never know. You mentioned prayer, yeah, which is a wonderful thing. Um, and I'll just throw some stuff. Uh, sure, may not agree with everybody, but you know, prayer is wonderful, and that you're acknowledging a higher power and 
stepping outside of yourself and and uh, acknowledging also where all good things come from in the first place. Uh, prayer technically is a form of supplication. If it you're praying to praying it, to, to a, a, somebody outside power. yourself, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and explain what you mean by that. That's beautiful. Yeah, affirmations uh, are, I think, the next level I would consider in that you're just positively affirming what you want in your experience in your body in your world. Mm -hmm. Now, the next level, and I believe the ultimate, and it seemed to work for us for a long time, is decreeing. Yeah. And what do sovereigns do? You know, if you're a king or a queen and uh, you're in your little uh, domain, uh, you decree. And if your decree is not fulfilled, then heads roll. <laughs> now, we don't have to make heads roll, but decreeing is the acknowledgement of I am at our coordinate and consciousness, and we're all, as far as I can see, individualizations to the same source. So when we acknowledge that and I am, not I am. just an affirmation, but I am followed by whatever you want to experience, uh, you know, now that's going to carry a lot more clout. And then, of course, the more you do that, you actually, you know, you don't get arrogant about it at all. In fact, it, it even makes you more humble in that you can actually make that decree and have the universe, uh, you know, manifest whatever that decree is about. So, uh, I'm beautifully yeah. said, yeah. That, Prayer affirmation yeah. decree yeah. is the final frontier, I think. And it's decree with uh, humility, knowing what's going on and how this is operating and, and such a grace and uh, sacredness in the decree as well. Yeah. And w what could you feel other than humility when you're placing yourself in that universal sea and just uh, acknowledging that, wow, I actually uh, have the, the privilege and the responsibility of being individualized and, and with that is just an amazing natural humility not a false humility but it, you know so yeah. it's the opposite of arrogance this past week or so when i've been working through this trying to figure out what to do and talking to god and the only the way i made it was i i just kept and to this morning just keep talking to myself you're doing good patrick it's fine everything's going to be okay you know and just kind of fill my consciousness with that rather than allowing you know the monkey mind to come in and say, you know, how terrible this is. And <laughs> and so and that's that's how I'm surviving, really, right now. That's how I'm surviving, just talking to myself, talking to me and spirit and you, people. It's the best person to talk to. <laughs> no one else will listen as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, no one else will listen. If you'd like to be on the show with us, um, it's Patrick at One Radio network.com with Bear Paul Lando. We so we have a, a lot to talk about. Yeah, the more the more work I, I keep uh, doing, Bear, the, the idea of me being separate from anything is just it doesn't seem possible. You know, just right? we're just not separate from anything, are we? How could it be? Including this whole whole <laughs> so-called money how system. Could it, now, how, how could it be? It's very matter of fact. I like that. <laughs> how could it be, Patrick? <laughs> I mean, it's not logical when you start wrapping your mind around some basic principles right. of creation. And uh, yeah, 
And, you know, we're talking about the monetary system a little bit, and you know better than anybody else that it's all fake. Somehow we all agreed to play with this with this fiction, though. Right. And then isn't it remarkable that we all put so much weight on it, even when we know it's not even real? And, of course, we also know the next step of the, the game is to, you know, bring in the digital stuff so people like you and I can't even... Uh, have any privacy at all but in the process i'm i feel like we'll bring it on it's just going to create the next best black market and uh, a lot of us are already circled the wagons and growing food and and you know supporting each other in a lot yeah. of ways so uh, you know the the more despotic they get then i think it really works in our favor they're trying to herd cats and they know it yeah yeah so do you think the this uh, awakening thing um, is keeping balance with the with the evil forces, whatever you want to call? Well, let's go back to that. Each of us just making our declaration in consciousness as an individualization, and then you look at all the billions of people on the planet with that same magnificent spiritual potential mm -hmm. and then now let's contrast that back to a group of old men in suits that <laughs> think that they're going to stop god you know and uh <laughs> and enslave and kill everybody ain't gonna happen now we have the option and some people you know roll up their sleeve they obey they pay their taxes they do all that stuff that's okay. That's an experience. But it's also an experience if you live through it where you finally come to the conclusion and say, wow, that's not that much fun. And these guys over here that are doing their own thing seem like they're having a good time. Maybe I'll join them. So, uh, you know, more and more folks are waking up just because they're, they're tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, yeah. Sure, feel, sure feels like it. Uh it's fascinating too how the money thing is is becoming more apparent and then with the, the medical thing with the injections and, and the political stuff and whatever you know the uh, Me Too movement and what's his face got Pedo Island down there all these things are just kind of surfacing like like little uh, you know like a rash on the body you know <laughs> as a doctor you know what I'm saying it's just kind of coming out and I don't think it's going to stop you know I don't think it's going to stop yeah no, cat's out of the bag. And, I, you know, I remember uh, just real clearly, you know how you have these lucid moments in life and something that's just crystal clear at the time and right. and it just makes sense even if you don't understand why. I remember I was sitting in a Catholic catechism class back when I was about seven years old and they were <laughs> talking about Armageddon, the end of time, and they were talking about, uh, you know, how there would be no more secrets. You would know each other for your actions. All these good things that are biblical. And here we are experiencing it now. And what we understand in hindsight is that, oh, end of time doesn't mean fire and brimstone. It means the end of the concept of time. They can't put us in these timelines anymore when your consciousness is really demanding that you become more present. And when you're more present, then you can't you know, drag the iffies, the woodies, and the cooties into the future, and you can't 
you know, uh, haul your baggage from the past around either. You just have to be in present time. And that's where the magic happens. That's, that's where, where yeah. you know, we get everything we need because in the absence of fear, if, uh, you know, if we just contemplate that, what if we are really masters of our own universe? What if every thought is a real thing? Yes. What if emotions are real? What if they all have consequences? And that is the only, you know, uh, way anything is created into existence in the first place then we would avoid having even a single thought about oh what if i get sick or what if i go broke or anything we'd avoid it like the plague because we would know for sure that we're actually you know just deliberately putting our hand on a hot burner i mean why would we do that we know better so this experience i'm kind of convinced at least for myself it's it's getting to that point of realization where it's like no i don't want to do that anymore yeah. and, and the last thing i want to do is um you know uh dwell on some dirtbags vision for the for the world where he's enslaving everybody i'm not gonna you know i want to be aware of it so i know how to stay out of his way i want to be aware of it so that i can do some active business planning and have all my affairs in order so i'm you know less vulnerable at least vulnerable as possible but i'm sure not going to give them any energy yeah either 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 way bear paul uh, alando is with us patrick at one radio network.com if you care to join us somebody just wrote in how can we support we we have a link on the top right top of the page right now you can just click on that puppy, and we have a little fundy app thing that we're we're using. Thank you. Um, so the other night, I I, uh, I just want to watch an old movie and listen to the dialogue, so it helps me to understand uh, screenwriting. Because you know, I'm doing that. I'm working on my third one, well, rewriting the third one, and. Um, I, so I pulled out Sleepless in Seattle because that's so much fun. I mean, just a nice little love story, and you know, just to I wanted to really see how they how they how they worked it, how they step by step they fell in love and the whole thing. And so I watched it, and it was great, and I uh, got some ideas for my current screenplay, and made some notes, and one just laid in bed, and I had this uh, moment like you're talking about, you know, what do you what you call it? Like a lucid like a, a truth bomb, you know, just, I was lying there with no thoughts, just breathing, and all of a sudden, I knew, at a deepest level, more than I ever have this lifetime, that there was only now. I mean, it was one of those, you know, goosebump time, you know, it's like, and I mean, I've known this, I talk about it, but it's amazing how these kind of insights can deepen, isn't it? How they can deepen, and I, Wow, and I was, I just said, thank you, you know, I really appreciate whoever sent me this one, you know, wherever this came from, but thank you, you know, it's just, and then when we know that, as you just talked about, we, we, we can then know that even when things are rough and tumble, the only, the only thing we can do is think that everything's going to be okay, because there's only now, if we think anything other than everything's going to be okay, well then, that's not, that's not going to be good. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, yeah. isn't it? Even when it's silly, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, uh, to me, I, I liken it to athletic training. Huh. Um, 
You know, when I was more involved in in that a good portion of my life, I you know, you drill over and over and over and over again until it's ingrained in your neurology. And then when it comes to competition, um, you go completely on intuitive mode. And those ingrained habits are there on the moment that are just automatically activated. The issue we have now is we were we've been born into this whatever this is here into this realm where we've been indoctrinated <laughs> and you know we have habitual um fears uncertainties um uh limitations that aren't real and so when we're confronted with a situation we have a neurological trigger so when we understand what's happening or when we just want to try out a positive affirmation or some new mode of behavior to see if it works, you know, it really takes a little bit of repetition because when we have those old belief systems that trigger the things that we don't want to think and feel and bring to us those kinds of experiences, mm -hmm. um, what we don't appreciate is our nerves our actual physical nerves have morphologically changed size shape and function to accommodate that thought pattern that emotion so that it's like a train track going right to a specific destination and then when that's triggered of course it signals a neurotransmitter release of substances that then provoke you know, all the bad feelings that we don't want to have. So when we start turning things around, you know, it takes a little patience and mm -hmm. persistence. But after, you know, if a little bit uh, down the road, then, you know, it doesn't take as much effort. You know, we can wrap our minds around things more readily on the instant. And we just, instead of having an entire bad week or a bad day or even, a, you know, a bad hour when something happens that we don't want, we just uh, get through it in moments because we know, you know, we have a say about it and we know how to counter it and get things back on the new tracks that we're laying. Hmm. There's a concept in my latest screenplay where this anxiety-ridden investor who drinks a lot of coffee, he gets introduced to a potential investment and he's in this machine with this master type person that he doesn't know is a master. And this machine is supposed to show him exactly how the... Uh, how the thing works, soul, mind, body. And he goes in this machine, he sees all this stuff, and it's really cool. One of the things he sees is that thoughts are not thoughts that are circling above us like we used to think, right? In the yogic tradition, remember, they would watch your thoughts like the passing clouds, which I did for like 40 years, right? And all I did was watch my thoughts for 40 years. It was pretty unproductive. Anyway, so... <laughs> so and then that's in the screenplay. And I've really been looking at it deeply in my own personal spiritual exercises, Bear, because I need to explain it on the page, right? Because if I don't really understand it, and I've been having all these crazy experiences on the inner when my body is sleeping, so to facilitate me doing my job, which is how God works, right? Oh, you need to know this? Well, here, here check this out. But this idea that a thought it's a state of consciousness. It's it's a state of consciousness, and as you just said, we are just we are just dancing from one state to the next. So if we have a thought, you know, like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. That's the stupidest thing ever, 
right? Rather than think that that's some negative thing that's in me that I got to get rid of, I'm seeing all I do is jump to the next thing. Oh, I'm good. Okay, doodle, what do you want to go play? Or whatever it is, or I love you, or talk to God. And that that negative thought, it only will, I only experience if I go back into it. It's my choice. It's my choice. Does that resonate with you, what I'm trying to? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Every moment is a choice. And then uh, folks like you and I, when we've uh, had a little bit of life experience under our belt, you know, uh, what do we, we're in our 40s or something now? Yeah, we're in our 40s, um, early 40s for me. You know, you uh, <laughs> you just you just have a different perspective, and um, the other thing we have to consider is that we live in a sea of thoughts, which are uh, all electrical events, and these uh, electrical vectors. You, you know, a lot of times, you know, I get kind of into the whole waveform physics behind things. Right. Uh, not because I want to complicate things, but because I want to make things simpler. <laughs> so my left brain has a little something to munch on and, <laughs> and just leave my heart alone, which already knows the truth. And so these understandings that we have available now that, um, you know, not just talking in spiritualistic or metaphysical terms, but actually the physics is behind us to support that, no, uh, you know, thought is consciousness it's the only thing that can manifest through the ethers and precipitate form and function and this entire realm that we live in but every time we have a thought which is an electrical event that is going to be mating with other electrical vectors of like kind that are circulating around in humanity because you know there's only one thing as uh, the hermeticist uh, always told us and that we know what that one thing is. We're all seeming individualizations because you can't literally or actually divide God. But for a perceptive experience, we can make believe like we have all these different forms appearing through different individualizations, taking on all the characteristics uh, that we want to give to them. But now as we're just trying to clean up our own act and have a more productive life, mm. those old thought patterns that have become a, a habitual, and more so the emotions, because we're emotional. You know, emotions give velocity to thoughts that make them pop in our experience in the first place. Without emotion, nothing would really happen. You just have empty thought bubbles there. So w- what we have to appreciate is that you know, a lot of times what we're feeling isn't even ours. Isn't and that's even why it's ours. important. It's even ours. It's, it's, it's a sea of energy that we live in. If you just kind of turn on the internet and see, you know, all the dialogues going on out there, there's, there's uh, a lot of folks in turmoil. So you don't want to be part of that. And, you know, uh, many times, you know, we'll just be having a day and all of a sudden you just have kind of a, uh, a real deep internal sensation or feeling that something's awry. Right. And then you look around, you go, my life is fine. Everything's good here. There's no outer reason for me to feel anything but purely stoked about life. And But here it is, you're having these different feelings. And then that's where you actually start identifying, oh, I need to cinch up my tube of light, 
which is literally a protective barrier. So now not only are we, you know, working on ourselves, but we're not letting all that other stuff leak in. That's going to make it a lot more difficult. And uh, we are told uh, by the folks that have gone before us through the same journey that if we really get our tube of light solid around us, we have now shut out 70% of the work we need to do in order to free ourselves. So I'd rather deal with my 30% of junk rather than deal with the rest of humanity, you know, uh, you know, because it's an individual thing. So, yeah, and I'm not just trying to um, make excuses or anything, but, you know, we do need to give ourselves a little bit of slack and understand that we've got real physical neurology in the act. We've, you know, we've got all these other billions of people around us, you know, who knows what the hell they're thinking, you know, <laughs> and um so, you know, but that's uh, why we play the game and that's what makes us strong. And it kind of sucks when we're having a bad day, but it's easier to put it in perspective with a little experience. Now, on those feelings, do you, do you think it's um, uh, advisable to, to dig into those feelings and see exactly what they are or say, well, I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm, I'm not on the emotional level. I'm a spiritual being, so... I can just get above that. You know what I'm asking? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think there's a time and place for everything. And I think it uh, depends on what phase of consciousness expansion you're at. So I think at certain points where you're maybe a little earlier in your journey, it's good to connect some dots and mm -hmm. you know maybe see how in this lifetime... Uh, I don't think we have to go into past lives, even though they're uh, important. But, you know, our present life is an accumulate, accumulation of all the energy we've ever created in any lifetime. So it's all on our lap right now. So if we uh, want to look at, you know, events in our life this time around and see how maybe certain things with mom, dad or otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, right. maybe re-triggered some things, you know, that's okay. Uh, but then there comes to a point, I think, where you need to leave that behind, too, and then go to the straight physics of it, which means when you have those um, those thoughts and emotions that aren't double plus positive, uh, you know, then you go into some internal tools like, uh, you know, color frequencies, sound frequencies, and things that will actually transmute uh you know, that particular phenomena and purify it because not only are we freeing ourselves at that point uh, from being bound by, you know, uh, those that kind of habituation, but also when we do it, we're allowing more light in through us. We become more of a clear conduit for the Godhead to come through us. And then that anchors through our being into this realm that we live in and you know people on the face of this plane are the ones that are responsible for raising the um or elevating the frequency of the entire plane i shouldn't say frequency that's not the right word but just the consciousness of the whole plane and so you know that's where responsibility comes in you know we all want to see this uh realm reaches potential just like we want to reach our own individual potential but it's incumbent upon some of us to be used as conduit for the light 
to bring that in so the realm can elevate in that manner. So does it feel like we we are filling ourselves up more with light and God or whatever, and that just keeps um, the other stuff from penetrating almost? Uh, forgive me, Patrick, my phone started going off uh, and I had to mute myself. Could you repeat just that last part? Yeah, well, so as we fill ourselves up with more light and love, that um, it, it kind of it kind of helps to not allow the other stuff penetrate into our our state of consciousness. But then when we do that, then I get mixed up because I'm not separate from all that other stuff either, really. But um, I don't like the idea of separateness, you know, where you have to put a barrier or something that feels uncomfortable to me. What am I missing? Well, it's not a separation from our fellow travelers. It's not a separation from God. It's um, it's like putting a screen door in your house so the mosquitoes can't get in. That's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even though we are, the mosquitoes and us are, are one, right? But we're just saying I'd rather not. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not be someone else's dinner. <laughs> uh, Bear Paul Ando is with us. Thanks for being here this morning. Let's do a little break here, and we're going to promote a product. There's a, a, let's see, what is it? It's a 20% deal on colostrum, and this is the company where you get it. 20%. Daniel Vitalis, the colostrum we offer is from Moo Cows. Why is it good for people? There's a sort of wonder of nature in that there's this relationship between cows and people where cows' colostrum is actually extremely bioactive in human beings. We've known that for 8,000 years. And there are over 4,000 medical studies confirming that when human beings consume cow colostrum, this, a similar thing happens in their body, starts to format their immune system. It seems to be due to substances that are found in colostrum like, that are called immune factors and also this really amazing substance called transfer factor, which somehow transfers the immunity over from the cow to human beings. But the important thing to remember is that we're living in an era where there's more people alive today with dysfunctional immune systems than ever before. And colostrum gives us the ability to actually restructure, rebuild, and reformat our immune systems so we can really thrive in our modern world today. There's a lot of different opinions on the immune system, and this was years ago with Daniel Vitalis. I don't, I'm not, well, regardless, it's a, just a great product because there's a lot of really good things going on, growth factors, and uh, if you do well with dairy, you'll, you'll be fine with this. There's a 20% deal on this if you'd like to get it. Why not? It's fun. Just use promo code OPTIMIZE, promo code OPTIMIZE on OneRadioNetwork.com. We like to go in our sauna. We do it every night uh, before Betty Bye and then jump into a cold shower. And we're going to talk about cold water. That's one, one on my list with Bear here this morning. But uh, I think you'll like this sauna. It's the Relax Far Infrared Sauna. Now, there's a lot of uh, saunas out there that look exactly like ours, and they sell them for seven, $800. And I don't know where they're, they're made or, or what their technology is. But this is a, a very um, well-respected, and actually they've won three or four awards. They're made in a medical university in Taiwan on the different far-infrared technology that they use. It's a very healing light, incredibly low on the magnetic and uh, um, 
electrical energy and no radio frequencies, of course. Would, you know, that'd be like cell phone towers and stuff. None of that in there. So there's no classic EMFs. But there's a little bit of magnetic stuff and kind of what you get when you ride in your car. Believe me, I get 10 times, because I get people ask about the, the sauna, I get 10 times more uh, more juju in my Prius than I do in the sauna. <laughs> and I have 160,000 miles in my Prius and I'm still kicking. So if you'd like to get one, just email me, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. And it's twelve ninety five delivered in the lower 48. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. So there we have it. Let's see if I can do the right slide. We'll get to back to bear here. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com. Uh, visit Bear uh, sometime on alphavedic.com. Let me show you. He's got, whoa. He's got so many cool products. I, I have like 10, five of your teas. I think you have five different teas, right? Five different, five or six. I have five uh, of them. Fifteen. Fifteen. Well, see, I knew you had a bunch of them. That's crazy. And um, I purchased a product that you have, which is a special coffee for animas. And I was wondering, I gave up coffee a long time ago, but I thought the other day, I said, man, I could sure use a cup of coffee. And I looked at that. Could I drink that? I mean, could you actually have a drink of that? Could you make coffee with it? You could absolutely drink it. It would taste horrible. Oh, because you got all kinds of, what do you, yeah. you have in there? What do you have in there? Well, the coffee is not roasted. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's all higher in palmitic acid and, and caffeine, which is what provokes the liver when you imbibe it through the intestines instead of drinking it. I see. Uh, provokes the... Uh, the liver to just dump all the stuff that doesn't belong there. You know, coffee enemas were invented or discovered, I should say, by nurses in the war theater in the First and Second World War um, because they found that when they were short of things like morphine uh, for pain control for the soldiers out there, uh, the coffee enemas actually help mitigate the pain. So that's why they did that. Wow. Don't ask me who the nurse was that first thought of throwing coffee up the backside, but somehow it happened and it's been around ever since. And it's been the subject of a lot of, uh, you know, good research ever since. I first got exposed to it back, oh, maybe in the 80s through the folks down in, you know, the Gersten clinics across mm -hmm. the border there. Mm -hmm. And because they would have people do five at a time. And then my practice, you know, I was an old jock that just wanted to be a sports doc. And, and I still have that. I'm still kind of a frustrated sports doc. But with my training and everything that I learned, uh, what I ended up uh, seeing is just people with very severe illnesses and cancers and things like that over the years. So uh, that's where I really started tooling up and understanding how to... Um, help people do things that would make our treatments go a lot further and quicker. Mm. And uh, coffee enemas are one of them. So what's the name ahead. of that product on your site, alphabetic.com? What is the name of it? Good question. I think we call it therapeutic uh, coffee blend. Is yeah. Something like that. Therapeutic. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. and why do you do the non so un I, unroasted? Uh, go ahead. Why do you do the unroasted? Uh, uh, forgive me. 
the unroast as soon as you roast it it'll still work fine but it won't work as strongly hmm. uh when it's not roasted it's higher in caffeine and other elements uh that are reduced when you roast it so for coffee enemas you can use any kind of organic coffee but the unroasted is best now what i also found after seeing quite a few people over the years uh do those not only did it work but some people you know are a little more sensitive than others so you know uh, if they're doing a bunch every day, especially, um, you know, it could be, uh, you know, a little bit irritating. And so I started making blends that would not only um, support or potentiate the effects of the coffee itself, but at the same time, make it uh, more soothing and uh, less caustic to the mm -hmm. intestines. In fact, uh, I made it so it's actually healing. So there's you know, a good amount of uh, aloe concentrate in there. There's dandelion and milk thistle that help uh, also uh, provoke the liver to, you know, dump toxins and things along with the coffee. I have a, a buffer, an organic, uh, organically produced bicarbonate in there so that it creates a little bit of alkalinity at the same time and also makes the coffee mixture, uh, you know, it, it neutralizes the acidity in the small intestine. And uh, between that and the aloe, uh, you know, it has a, just a nice soothing healing effect on the mucosa of the intestines. And there's something else in there. Uh, uh, oh, uh, we put in chaga mushroom yeah, because, you know, the good rule of Chinese medicine is that, you know, if you're doing any kind of dredging, you know, cleaning, uh, you know, that half the equation, you want to do equal amount of nurturing. And so the the chaga has a nice tonifying effect. So as you're kind of dredging the system out, then you're also buoying it up with some, you know, good tonifying effects and healing effects with the other ingredients. So kind of proud of that one. It's become, uh, you know, a big seller, especially as more and more people get educated uh, about how we're breathing all these uh crop dustings these days we'll yeah. tell we'll say it that way and what does it do do these things get stored in the liver and then the coffee enemas help to detoxify can you explain what goes on i've always been interested i, I never exactly. knew the mechanism uh, yeah. it works exactly like an oil filter in a car uh -huh. you know the liver does so much more conjugates proteins and you, you know and sugars and things and and interplays with all the organs of the body but you know one of its main recognized uh, uh functions is filtration so just like uh, changing an oil filter on your car regularly flushing it out you know that's what happens whenever we do a coffee enema hmm. and you know people that are uh have a history of headaches especially migraines and they start coffee enemas, they're instant believers because the, the headache goes away instantly. And the reason why it does is a lot of the factors that initiate the whole pain reaction emanate from the liver in the first place. And so if you can, um, you know, kind of cut that whole chain reaction and then help the liver just keep up with its job rather than becoming inundated with stuff all the time, uh, that's a real good thing. And what happens if the liver starts backing up, not only do you have congestion in the whole lymphatic system, so you're just stewing in your own juices and, and the stuff you don't want in your own body, um, but it, um, it, it, it uh, leads to 
you know, in again, in Chinese medicine, we recognize something we call the six stages of disease. The German medical doctors also found the same exact thing identical. So if your body is working properly and then you're outside and you notice there are crop dusting on that particular day and you breathe some, well, in a healthy body that isn't getting exposed to that all the time, then, you know, it has ways of just upchucking, eliminating, you know, through the skin, through the lungs, through the kidneys, uh, through the bowel, and getting rid of that stuff. But when it's happening all the time, it's tough for our elimination organs, especially the liver, to keep up with all of that. And so when it's not keeping up, then it goes to the second stage of disease, which is um, uh, an accumulation that creates an acute response. And an acute response is something we would call a cold or a flu uh, or a skin eruption, some such thing. But it's the body's way of upchucking or, 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 you know, getting the runs or some such thing. That's just a natural reaction. And that acute reaction, of course, is always blamed by our esteemed medical professionals as uh, a contagion-induced affair. <laughs> That's a, a germ, um, a germ. I, I mean, it's God bless these guys, but they're dumber than rocks. Um, and so the um, the next, the third stage is, you know, if the body can no longer have an acute reaction and just upchuck, then things actually start getting deposited in the tissues then you go into the fourth and fifth stages and those accumulations accumulations actually become pigmentations in tissues they're actually tattooed in there they become part of the tissues part of the tissue and so the, yeah the next stage after that is you have dna changes and that's of course when the body has to start doing all sorts of strange things that we don't like so um, so when the issues get in the tissues, as the yogic people say, right? <laughs> and I've done a lot of stretching and still working on my neck all the time, every night. And and I and I can feel these these emotions or these images come up, even when I was a kid. You know, just working on your neck—it's crazy. Um, so they're they're really in that tissue. They're in there, or a, a holographic picture of them, or. It's it's really interesting. Well, let's go back to uh, what creates stuff, uh -huh. and that is thought forms, which are electrical events, polarizations, an electrical vector. And just like the old alchemists knew, those electrical events go through the levels of the ether and create a precipitation. We could explain every step along the way that would satisfy not only the old alchemists, but also the modern day chemists, you know, because we can now start speaking in terms of like the air um, strata of the ethers as nitrogen, you know, and, and talk about how it uh, conjugates, you know, with oxygen and the next water level down below of the ethers and then how that precipitates into the carbon layer, you know, or what we would call the earth element. And, so all these things really start adding up. But when you think about it all started from an electrical vector that creates a polarization. And polarization is important to understand because that creates a resonance. And that resonance is what creates a coalescence of what we think of as matter. And as that happens, then, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, literally 
creating these waveforms that not only precipitate matter, but every waveform has different dimensions to it. One of those dimensions is thoughts and feelings and, and all those things as we think of them. And so, again, you can't separate the parts, the, the thoughts, emotions, belief systems, along with other um, characteristics that we give to things that we would call, you know, volume, temperature, and other, you know, physical attributes. Those are all dimensions of the same exact vector. So when you understand that every waveform has 18 different dimensions that include all these characteristics that give it, give it all those attributes on all those different levels. It's easier to understand it. Okay. Now I'm in there doing my daily somatics or stretch yoga, whatever. Mm -hmm. And as we're releasing that bound up tension, which is an accumulation of pressure. That's, that's what it is. It's pressure. And if you understand the electrical event as it is and if it's just going in one direction and not going in both directions and then accumulating pressure then physical tissues start hurting they start getting tight so now when we deliberately go in there and with a physical medium like yoga and start stretching then it's going to release all those different components of that waveform including emotions and things because emotions actually create a lot of that um, that feeling of pressure in the first place. But they're in the emotional body and mental body and the physical body all at the same time? Yes. Yeah, at the same time. Now, when you're, when you're in clinical work, um, there's ways to use neurological mechanisms to isolate those different planes uh, when I talk about planes, we're talking about the mental plane down to the astral or right. emotional plane mm -hmm. down the etheric plane, the physical plane. Um, it's it's all, you know, actual one particular medium, and it's happening in all those layers at the same time. But for clinical work, sometimes you have to isolate it at a certain place. And so we would be able to, like, if we had uh, a subplane of the astral plane, for instance, it came up in the way I would do my testing when I'm working on bodies, then you would have that recognition through the nervous system with our techniques and then isolate that particular subplane of the astral plane so that just like on a computer, if you want to change something on a Word document, you know, you have to know how to go through data retrieval, get it up, open it. Now it's vulnerable to change. It's the same thing oh. with real advanced clinical work. And so then we would expose that particular subplane of that plane and then get to an end treatment point that could, uh, you know, require any number of tools, anything from acupuncture, osteopathic uh techniques, emotional clearing techniques, homeopathy, herbology, uh, you name it, whatever you can think of. So um yeah, the the just like anybody in the trades, uh, and I don't know if I'm answering your question, but yeah. yeah, it's happening on all the planes at the same time. Sometimes so you in order to clear you need to isolate one plane. Now that's just as a clinician. If I'm just on my own and not doing anything fancy, then, you know, I'm going to do exactly what you're doing. I'm going to do my techniques, my somatics, uh, you know, go out for walks uh, and think a lot of double plus positive thoughts. Hmm, double plus positive. I like that. Uh, if you'd like to join our conversation, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. 
Here's an email from Sharon. She says, well, negative thoughts just drive me crazy. I'd like to know where they come from and how I can get rid of them. That's a very basic question. Well, I think it's uh, about all the above that we've been discussing. It's just realizing that they're there, taking responsibility for them, not judging them or judging yourself for having them, understanding, again, that we're swimming around in a sea of those things, you know, with everybody else on the planet. you got a lot of good company, if that makes you feel better. And then, uh, you know, any number of techniques, anything that floats your boat. Some people like to do physical things, you know, like uh-huh. we're talking about somatics or yoga or go for a run or a hike or something. Uh, other people are a little more cerebral about it and like to get in and, you know, learn about all the different subplanes in their mm-hmm. consciousness and get into metaphysics. I think all the above are good myself. Yeah, just just kind of look and see what's what's going mm-hmm. on. So, um, well, let, let me do this other email. Um, has Bear Lando heard any customer feedback from his Alpha Vedic restorative tooth serum in regards to it being able to rebuild dental enamel that was worn away due to people grinding their teeth while they sleep, uh, a.k.a. bruxism. What, is, what does Dr. Orlando think causes bruxism? Okay. Bruxism um, is the first uh, sign that your adrenals are active uh, at the wrong time. You know, you're probably secreting some cortisol. You, you're either in adrenal exhaustion, adrenal alarm. In fact, it's like a pendulum where, you know, adrenal exhaustion is just like the name implies. Uh, you know, the adrenals are, are anti-stress gland. We'll just keep it real simple. And whenever we're under any kind of stress, physical, emotional, mental, then they're working overtime and they get tired. So it, it, they'll fluctuate. They'll go into adrenal exhaustion. That's where you just kind of feel wiped out and you have mm-hmm. to drink more coffee or, you know, whatever make it gets you through it. And then it'll, you know, the pendulum will go the other way and it'll, you'll be in adrenal alarm, which means that you're overreactive. So, you, you know, uh, your neurology, your adrenals get triggered with just little things and the pendulum goes back and forth. But when you're grinding your teeth at night, it means uh, 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 correlating with that adrenal dysfunction, you've got cortisol being secreted in inordinate amounts at the wrong time, which means you're trying to sleep. Your adrenals are saying, no, it's time to get up and play. And uh, one of the things that happens is you grind your teeth. So, hmm. uh, you know, it's not about reaching for some tooth serum or a mouth guard or anything like that. All those, those can be very good on a palliative level. What you want to do is start identifying those things that are really terrorizing your adrenal glands and being more kind to your adrenals and letting them get rested up and then you aren't going to be grinding your teeth. Now, let's just say you've already did a number on your teeth, you know, with with all the above, then the tooth serum has in it all of those elements that will allow the teeth to remineralize uh, along with essential oils and, uh, you know, different mineral substances that allow those to be incorporated into the tissues. It's a hard tissue. You also have encased nerves and things, you know, that are hard to get at. But with daily, you know, a couple times a, a day brushing, you know, I just put a little cap full myself and then, you know, brush with it. 
um, you know, then it helps your gums as well. So, you know, the gums get stronger. That's going to translate into better, um, uh, you know, better dental enamel, better, you know, roots for your teeth and everything. Now, if you have a real, like I just, I was telling you, I just was dealing with some teeth karma myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just at the dentist yesterday. Now, uh, I played a lot of contact sports, so I had teeth, you know, just kind of knocked out and banged and chipped. And and so, you know, you have problems around that later in life, and I'm dealing with a few of those things. But the tooth serum, and for people like me, we all recognize that it actually goes a long way to make our uh, dental visits more infrequent and also arrest things that are in the making. So... Yeah, it absolutely works. I was uh, schooled by a, 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 a dentist way back in the day, and he gave me the bright idea that teeth are living tissues and that they actually heal themselves. And as a dentist that worked for the Army, he actually st uh, stopped doing as many, you know, drill and fill kind of techniques and went into some of these other things to help people rebuild their teeth. And he found that you know, especially in young army age uh, guys, you know, they were rebuilding their enamel, cavities were going away and so forth. So if you're a little bit longer in the tooth and you, you know, have some advanced decay, abscess or just damage, well, then, you know, a good dentist, a good biological dentist is is very important. But for maintaining your teeth and even healing a lot, depending on where you're at, the tooth serum is fantastic. There are other dental products out there. Uh, we make ours very, very strong, and we're a direct consumer kind of affair. So, you know, we don't spare uh, all the very expensive ingredients like certain essential oils and things. So they have a very strong effect. We're also coming out with a uh, oil pulling formula. Oh, that's to, cool. There'll yeah. be a companion to that's that. Great. And that's, uh, I've got things tincturing for that right now. Here's, you're such a geek. I love it. Here is uh, uh, Harold. I'm beginning to get this idea about a thought being a state of consciousness as you both are talking about. So if I understand, Harold says, if I'm not in that state of consciousness, then it doesn't exist or it's not in my body at that moment. I would agree with that. Um, Sometimes it takes a little bit of experience to get the, you know, momentum at your back so that you can see clearly um, what's going on at that moment and mm -hmm. that there's uh, not things lurking in the nooks and crannies, even though you think you're free and clear. So again, it takes patience and just really chipping away at it. But I would agree if you are in a moment um you know of just contemplating bliss right then yeah those things are non-existent they're just not there are they they're just not there until we they can only be there if we invite them in yeah until we until we enter into them again right which is pretty cool when you mm -hmm. think about it it does put a lot of uh, um responsibility on us i mean if we the more we understand this it's like Oh, I got to keep my act together, right? Keep, <laughs> yeah, you know, stay strong and, and really stay awake. I got a little, I got a little post-it notes all over my studio. Stay awake, 
you know, stay awake. <laughs> Sometimes people have a hard time with these concepts because they think we're going into blame. You know, especially if they, you got something going on in your body and then, you know, you suggest that there's components that um, have set up uh, sort of a self-affliction. You know, we're all here learning this together. Yeah. It, there's no blame. It doesn't mean we're a schmuck if we get a toothache or, you know, or some such thing. Um, you know, it's just like, hey, again, join the club. That's why we play the game. Well, that, that was really helpful for me early on this morning when I was talking about this little financial challenge I'm going through and raising money from listeners that it's just a game and it's just part of the deal and I'm not, you know, I'm not dysfunctional or I'm, you know, I started to have these thoughts about, you know, you really, come on, you don't have any idea what you're doing, but that's the worst thing I can do to buy into that thought. It's like, whoa, you know? It doesn't get much worse than we don't love ourselves, does it? It just doesn't get yeah. much. It doesn't get much worse than that. Wow, man. Yeah, and it's that mental anguish that tears you up. Yeah, it, because you know, at any point in time, no matter what we're worried about—a uh, health condition, a financial condition—even um, though we might acknowledge something like that's going on in our life, if if you're here breathing. And having conscious thoughts in that moment, you're alive, you're still in the game, and you still have everything in the world to say about it. So that's what's the most challenging is when we have an active process. But, um, you know, again, that's why we play the game, just like in sports. And I always default back to these kinds of analogies because it's all I know. And, um, you know, in those really intense moments, that's where you reach down and find out what you're made out of, and that's why we have them. Hmm. So we can learn and grow and become more aware of the truth, whatever that is. Right? I would argue that God does not teach through evil, so we don't have to make ourselves sick to learn. Right. But if we put so many things in motion to bring ourselves to that point, and it creates those unpleasant things, well, you know, now we've now we do have to dig down and, and um, yeah. you know, see what we're made out of. In my early morning stretching yoga, when by the way, I have my, my red lights on me when I do that too. I want to talk about red lights. I see some back there, right? Um, Can you see mine there? Yeah. Um, I'll come into, uh, 